0: Hello, dear friends, Jeff here again. I want to talk to you about what I've called reclaiming the joy. Joy is the most wonderful state of being. It really is. Uh, It means a state of perfect contentment, regardless of our circumstances, our situation, whatever we're experiencing. Joy is the most wonderful thing. Uh, It's uh, really a deep rooted, inspired happiness. In the Bible, in Nehemiah 8.10, uh, Nehemiah says, The joy of the Lord is your strength. And that's why uh, this topic is about reclaiming the joy. Because many of us, when we first become a Christian, uh, and that may take uh, quite a while, it may be a, maybe a, um, over a period of weeks or months or even years, or it can be a very sudden thing, a moment-by-moment decision, suddenly we realize we're Christians. And immediately we're going to experience joy an absolute wonderful feeling that everything will be right from now on. And uh, that's that's what God wants us to have. But the problem we face in life is that we all go through trials, experience pain and even suffering. And that can rob us of our joy. So I'm going to talk to you now about reclaiming that, do- that joy. But we have to accept the fact that pain and suffering are the greatest teachers. They teach us about life, and they help us grow in our faith. Pain insists upon being attended to. God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our consciences, but shouts in our pain. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. So wrote uh, C.S. Lewis, Clive Staples Lewis from his book, The Problem of Pain. We're going to look now at a suffering man and see how he reconciled his pain with his faith in a sovereign God, and so he reclaimed his joy. Of course, I'm talking talking about the book of Job. Uh, This book is really a treatise, an explanation on his particular grief, suffering, and faith in an almighty and sovereign God. The background here is that God allowed the devil to harm Job severely by first destroying his assets, all his flocks and herds, then his children, and then the devil was allowed to destroy Job's health. He wasn't permitted to kill him, only hurt him. That was God's limit on the devil. So as we start to read through the book of Job, we find him sitting on the ground, covered in dust and ashes in torn clothing, and then he's discomforted. He's disappointed by what his wife says and then by four friends who turn up, uh, who come initially to support him, and they end up making life even worse for him, more difficult. And the book of Job is about three cycles of debate uh, between Job and each of these four friends. And as we read through it, we can see how Job wrestled Uh, both with his agony of body and soul and his faith in an unseen God who had obviously brought about his pain or had at least had approved it. I'm going to share with you five texts through the book of Job. And the first text is chapter 1, verses 20 and 21. This is what it says. At this, Job got up and tore his robe and shaved his head. Then he fell to the ground in worship and said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. I've entitled this section, God Knows What He's Doing. Because we just heard Job's first words following the dreadful news he had been receiving. Uh, One messenger after another came to say, Uh, Various parts of all his flocks and herds were destroyed. And finally, another messenger showed up to say all his children had been killed in a terrible storm. They'd be meeting for a party and the house collapsed and killed them all. And in this text, Job acknowledges that God has the complete right both to give life and to take it. And he praises the name of God. He uses the intimate name of God the personal name of God, indicating that Job was a true worshipper. He's on the ground. He's in absolute grief. He's sobbing. His heart is broken at all that he's lost. uh, But he's worshipping God. And he's stating this fact. God knows what he's doing. I mean, when when grief hits us, uh, it can knock us flat. It can even rob us of our faith. Uh, It's such a powerful thing. And uh, I remember reading a book many years ago written by a fellow named Joe Bailey. Uh, Joe Bailey is famous for uh, another book called The Gospel Blimp about Christians' foolish attempts at evangelizing in the wrong way. But he wrote a much more serious book called A View from a Hearse, three of our, uh, Joe, Joe Bailey's uh, three ch- seven children, really. he had seven children, three of his seven children died. One was just a, uh, a little mitre toddler, another one was at primary school, and the third was a teenager, almost reaching adulthood. And Joe Bailey writes this lovely, poignant, sincere book about a Christian's view of grief and the loss of loved ones. It's been a a blessing and a comfort to many people. And of course, uh, the book of Job is written by this man who went through these dreadful agonies of soul and spirit and body. And of course, when it was all over, he wrote this book that we could understand the the process he went through in rediscovering his joy. Our second text is chapter 19, verses 25-25. 27. And it says, I know that my Redeemer lives, and that in the end he will stand on the earth. After my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I will see God. I myself will see him with my own eyes. I and not another. How my heart yearns within me. In the second text, uh, which came right after the attack on his body, And his friends are gathered round and they're they're beginning to criticize him and say things like, He must have sinned to cause God to do these terrible things to him. In spite of all this, Job clearly avows his trust in the Lord and calls him here my Redeemer. And dear friends, that's a clear statement of the atonement which is to come through the Lord Jesus Christ. That on the cross he paid the penalty for all our sin. And becomes our redeemer. And also here, Job claims he will be in God's presence and he'll even see him after his body has died. In fact, he even says here how his heart longs for that time to come. He's he's really keen to see God face to face. Job was suffering. All he had was his own faith in the Lord. And so he says here, He will redeem me one day it's all going to work out Another book uh, I'd like to um, commend to you uh, written by a man named Sheldon Vornikin. he entitled this book a Severe Mercy he wrote quite a few books and it was about his relationship with his wife Jean um, and they had a wonderful what they would call a pagan relationship. Um, At the beginning, it was very physical and romantic and emotional, and they had all kinds of wonderful experiences. Uh, Together, they sailed a boat around the Caribbean. Uh, They were sitting on a hillside when the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor, and they they had a grandstand view of all that terrible carnage happening. Um, They were in love, and uh, they they were only married a short time. Uh, They traveled to Europe and England, and, And they attended Oxford University. They were quite um, scholars in their own right. And yet his wife, Jean, got cancer and died. And they both become Christians. And yet he literally abandoned his faith because the loss of his wife was just so, so terrible. But later on, he regained his faith. And he wrote this book as a kind of therapy for himself and to encourage others, a severe mercy. And when those kinds of things happen to us, the loss of a loved one, the death of a child, the breakdown of a marriage, financial reversal, uh, bankruptcy, uh, big blows like that, uh, can really knock our faith around. Our third text from the Book of Job, is uh, in chapter 23, verses 10 to 12. And it says this, Job is speaking again, but he knows the way that I take. When he has tested me, I will come forth as gold. My feet have closely followed his steps. I have kept to his way without turning aside. I have not departed from the commands of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my daily bread. I've called this, Third uh, text, he's been refining me. So first of all, Job, uh, when this terrible blow fell, Job says, God knows what he's doing. As time went on, he said, he will redeem me. And now he's reached the point of understanding that he, God, has been refining me. This this is like a vow of trust in, in the process of sanctification, which always involves suffering. And Job is starting to see his trial as a refining and a testing of his faith in God's faithfulness. And he stands firm on his earlier faith, which is what we all have to do when we suffer these kinds of dreadful setbacks. He even says, I treasure his words. I will mention another book about the death of a loved one. This was written by C.S. Lewis who I quoted at the beginning, uh, he called this book A Grief Observed, which is certainly an understatement. His wife, Joy Davidman, who was a well-known poet and an author, she also had cancer and died. And I remember reading this book many years ago after I became a Christian, I began to read all of his books. And uh, like Sheldon Vornikin, he virtually uh, went into deep depression. He couldn't believe that God would take this this dear woman from him because he was he, he was certainly an older man he was well into his fifties when he got married and he was he resigned himself to be to be a uh, confirmed bachelor uh, like his older brother um, and yet he had this wonderful marriage relationship which was the joy of his heart and yet God took his wife from him. He also wrote this book I mentioned, A Grief Observed, to encourage people who go through similar circumstances. Our fourth text is from chapter 28 and verse 28. And Job says, The fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, and to shun or depart from evil, that is understanding. Uh, We find this verse, the fear of the Lord, is the beginning of wisdom also in the book of Psalms the book of Proverbs, and the book of Ecclesiastes. And here Job is stating his personal conviction of God's Old Testament covenant. I've called this section, My Covenant Stands Firm. Job is saying, I'm continuing my side of the covenant. God promised he would be Lord of his people, and man's side of the covenant was to trust, to obey to serve him, in fact, to love him with all his heart and soul and mind and strength. And in this verse, Job is saying, my covenant with God stands firm. And that's something that will be a comfort to every one of us because we realize that our covenant is not the Old Testament one. It's the new covenant with Jesus Christ, our Lord. And no matter what trials God allows us to face, some severe and Some not so. Uh, our relationship with Jesus never changes. He said, oh, I'll, he, Jesus himself said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He said, um, My sheep hear my voice and they follow me, and I give them eternal life, and no one shall snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, um, no one shall snatch them out of his hand. We are held by the hand of God and nothing can change that. And one of the things we have to grasp, as Job did, when we're going through a severe trial, no matter what the circumstances are, is that it doesn't affect my relationship with God. It doesn't affect my salvation. It doesn't change my eternal life. I'm still going to stand before God in glory in heaven one day. This life is passing away. This trial also will finally pass away, beloved. If you're going through a severe trial, God knows. He knows all about it. He understands what you're going through. He's allowing it. He won't let you suffer beyond that which you are able to withstand. He'll take you to the very edge, uh, or the very limit of our endurance. There comes a time when the trial is over, and that's our fifth and final text where God shows up and Job speaks to God after God has, has uh, told Job a few home truths. Then Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do all things, no purpose of yours can be thwarted. You asked. Who is this that obscures my plans without knowledge? Surely I spoke of things I did not understand, things too wonderful for me to know. You said, listen now and I will speak. I will question you and you shall answer me. My ears have heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. Therefore I despise myself and I repent in dust and ashes." And I've entitled this text, number five, he's given me a new perspective. (laughs) That's an understatement because when God shows up and we're confronted with him, with his glory, with his holiness, with his majesty, with his power, with his terror, that's, that's certainly a new perspective. Job is confronted after these three cycles of debate with his friends and the fourth friend also has his say. Elihu. Uh, he sees God in a in a storm cloud, in a thunder cloud, and beloved, God always turns up whenever our trials have achieved their purpose. We can be sure that God will show up, and God will reveal His mystery, His purpose to us. He'll tell us why these things have happened. Don't forget in James. Uh, chapter 1 where James is talking about trials, he said, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God, who gives to all without holding back. You know, God will tell us, Ah, now I see what this was all about. Job is being vindicated by the Lord himself for his stance in trusting the Lord and for not rejecting him in in his suffering. And yet we see and read here He's very conscious of his own sinful nature and his uncleanness before a holy God. It it reminds me of Peter when when Jesus sent the fishermen out in the boat and they caught this huge catch of fish that the, the nets began to break, and they sent the other, brought the other partners over in their boat, and the boats began to sink, and and Peter jumps out of the water and heads towards Jesus and says, Lord, depart from me. I'm a sinful, unclean man. I'm uncomfortable in your presence. But our only possible posture before God would be to do just like Peter did and just like Job does here. All his suffering is now behind him and Job has come face to face with a source of joy. And as you read on in the book, God uh, God rebuilds Job's life and, and he becomes a prophetic voice to you and to me for he sits down and writes out this book in great poetic detail. It's It's a book of Oriental poetry about how one man's suffering led to his joy being reclaimed. Dear ones, we've been skimming over Job and considering these five few passages. There's so much more to understand in the 42 chapters of this book. It's an exercise in understanding pain. And the place of pain and suffering in our spiritual growth. For beloved, there's no growth in Christ without suffering. Now, the book of Job, which I come to you, is a tough read. I've got to admit to it. I've read it dozens of times. And the first half dozen times, it was a real mystery to me. And I began to get the feel of it. I began to see the point of it. I began to see the, the rhythm of it. It's a really tough read. Yet it is a crucial message from our Father in Heaven to all of us who face heavy trials. In fact, who are going through heavy trials right now. In fact, dear ones, it is essential reading for the believer who wants to mature in Christ. And and those of us who want to continually live in joy, we have to understand the place of the trials and sufferings God will provide for us. Now, Few people will experience suffering like Job, the loss of his complete assets, the death of all his children, um, and all his friends turn against him. But the testimony of this book is to lead us back into our relationship and trust in our God. Dear ones, if we say we trust God with our lives and experiences, we can be sure That our faith in Him will be tested and sometimes it'll be tested severely. But the outcome that our God plans for us is for understanding in Him, of Him, and that our joy will be reclaimed and restored. God bless you as you seek the Lord, seek to know His Word, seek to obey Him, seek to serve Him, and seek to love Him. God bless you, and goodbye.